I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A grain of rice. A grain of rice. It's going to tip the scale. Just remember that. Now that small bit of a needle there. Come on, Mayo. You've got to get Andy Moran into the game. Our mission was to show then we're no longer the whipping boys of Munster. Hi folks, how are you all doing out there? You're very welcome along to the first edition of the Irish Examiner Hurling Show um, in 2022 and a very, very happy new year to all our listeners. We were to have a Christmas special, but Mark was having his booster and we felt at his age and his condition, TJ, that was important to get the booster that day, wasn't it? Very important, and unfortunately, myself and Mark always still got the old COVID over Christmas afterwards. So I didn't get boosters. Mark did get boosters, so it didn't really make a difference at the end of the day. I'm blaming. I'm blaming TJ. Hold on, now, go on. What? I'm blaming TJ. Like I happen to be in his company. In fairness, I'd have to say, and very good company it was. Though um, <laughs> I was an invited guest at the Limerick race there on the 28th of December on behalf of Cube, and and we also had uh, teachers, brother Davy, who were sponsoring a race called D- and Deepak for the yeah. company in Vanslaw. TJ, thanks very much for inviting me. I don't know what give me the COVID. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 most most people at the races were fine afterwards and stuff, but myself and Marco went down, so we're not yeah. sure exactly of the source they love, but one of us gave it to the other. Well, I was to I was to join ye myself and my current <laughs> wife, uh, Eilish, were to join ye, and um, we couldn't get enough staff to work in the place, even though we're closed at eight o'clock, and the boys in blue are usually in at half eight, so we're home early, but. Uh, um, no, uh, we were to join you, but we couldn't get enough staff to cover us to, for the two of us to be gone. Yeah. So we said we'd better let you off. And I wound up closed anyway the 29th for eight days here in Murtis. Two oh, of the girls really? got it. So, and that's the household rule thing, you know, even though we were all doing antigens every day of the week, the rest of us were okay, but we had to sit out the time. Uh, well, one of the girls got it, and then the other one was positive four days later. Uh, so you had that meant we, we didn't reopen until last Friday night, which was torture in loads of ways. Missing New Year's, yeah. we, we haven't too many hours anyway without missing New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. And the Sunday was the second. It's coming a good time for you, Dale. You needed a break for God's yeah, sake yeah. to count all that money you're after making over the last 12 months. For Christ's sake, you had to clean out the safe at some stage. You, know? you, you won't make much money close at eight o'clock, and the tips you were sending from Limerick on the 28th. <laughs> the worst thing about it on the day, um, you know, the first winner in Leperstown on the day that we got together was a horse called Howie Bud, and the fellow who owns Howie Bud is mm. called Charlie Carter, the great Charlie saw, from Kilkenny, 25 to 1. I often saw his arse going away from me, TJ. <laughs> he was some kind of forward, that chap. He was a serious dog. So, man, he's into breeding. He was even into breeding greyhounds back the last time I met him. We were chit-chatting about breeding and the greyhound side of things. And 
Charlie, yeah. uh, a dose of a guy, neat, lovely, lovely. Oh, yeah. top cast right. now. And and yeah. and the history, the, the background to that horse, um, Dale, is it had ran in two bumpers and finished second, and they went back then to running a pint to pint and finished second. Um, the horse that beat it in the pint to pint was sold for 290,000 euros and ran in Christmas and finished second to Redemption Day, the favorite now for the champion bumper, or something one of the top favorites in the champion bumper at the moment. So Charlie's house actually had been to the Doncaster sales and he was offered 60,000, but he refused to take it. So he's very hopeful now that after the result in Leopardstown that he'll be getting a few more quid for him. So you'll be up I'd, there with uh, yourself, Mark. Charlie will. I've only tracked behind him now, Dale, but we, we actually did see the race in uh, Limerick and um, we were a bit disappointed we didn't have a few quid each way out of my buddy Donny Tracy had a fiver each way during running because he was sitting beside me so cute enough Donny he said I, I, I had the account like I don't have any account but he, he had a fiver each way at 25 during the race cute war they paid for says Mac you, you've nothing like you're on the betting account and you're <laughs> nothing <laughs> I'm just a poor old fool for me, Scott. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> no fear of advice. Oh, you know, oh. yeah, anyway, yeah. I put up your um, Christmas special bet on Twitter anyway. Uh, you came up with the goods last year, obviously. What was that last year? Mad price. Uh, French Seal and got Seal, sold yeah. for 450000 bought by William Mullins out so of Holdens. Okay, okay, okay. He won, but uh, in the world right of that. But this year, <laughs> then, you, you, you said a double in this horse in... Uh, Leperstown and then to go on and win the supreme novices hurdle which is turning out now to be like the champion hurdle actually the way it's, it's going unbelievable unbelievable well, what's the name yeah. of the horse again Mac? Statement Statement no. how far would Dale how off. far would he have won by if he stayed up uh, he wouldn't have been able to pull him up after they passed he actually coppled over the second last and hadn't even come out of first gear oh. unfortunately broke his nose Nose, right. During the course of the fall, and I don't know will he run the Supreme, but he definitely would have collected a Leperstown. We were on a 40 to 1. We had a small little bit of a wager to try and get the Christmas expenses, but unfortunately, it went west. Pity I didn't, I didn't think about how you bud, because I had a small yeah. bit of information about him as well. You, so. you, played, you played against Offaly in 99 with a broken nose, like... <laughs> what? Broken nose is what you look like. Shiny Le Leary got rusty, so it is well documented. He played in the Ireland final with a broken nose and rings it to him in the dressing room. He says, Shiny, you don't play hurling with your nose. Come on, let's go. And that was it. <laughs> oh, he went. I suggest, I'd say, if Ringy told you, 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 you don't play hurling with your wrist, out you go. <laughs> I showed Dara, Dara Flynn for Belly Gibbon yesterday, played with a broken leg. He, he, his shin bone is cracked. He didn't start yesterday, but he came on at half time and had a major influence in the game in the second half. So should they should they be chucked out, uh, Mark? Like they played a professional player. I'm sure I suppose he's only an amateur. He's still an amateur uh, holder, isn't he? No, it's, he's, it's, in a, it's, he's in a different court in a different country, like you know. I mean, um, he, he had teams did that for years with the PRC. They used to fly him back yeah. um, for the county semi-finals, the county finals. I'm sure right back. To, right back to Kevin Moore. With Manchester United way back in the day, and Tommy Doherty, I think he came back injured after the '77 final. I think, and Tommy said, "That's the last time you're going over there, but He said, "You know." So, and then I remember, like, I used to often think, "Listo limits." You know, the North Kerry Championship is famous. Obviously, it's probably played around Stephen's Day or maybe Christmas Eve, even at times. And 
Ty Kennelly, they'd have that month off, I think, the Australian rules, and Ty would land back to play in the North Kerry final with Listo. Like, just very throwing at the same time, in fairness to the the Shkihina Rinka lads, like uh, Marquine being there or not there is probably a bit of a, an influence. Or, yeah. Big one, yeah. Uh, actually, it did, I, I, met, I met somebody on the way home. Like, my sister actually lives in Belly Gimlin, believe it or not. I plays um, under Edge Hurling with them. But, like, it was a unique uh, pairing, right? Because literally, mm. it's a stream that separates Belly Gimlin and Shkihina Rinka, right? They're in two different counties. And li- literally, they would all know each other exceptionally well. Uh, just a really, really small Townsend where both of them kind of hang out together and for the two of them to end up in a monster final, it just created huge razzmatazz locally and big win for Belly Giblin that. They all went to school in Mitchellstown together, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, 100%. All, yeah, all the, all the players from Belly Giblin went to Mitchellstown CBS and 18 of the panel of Shkina Rinky went to Midlands, or sorry, um, Mitchellstown CBS, but... Um, Honourable mention for Joe Sullivan. He was a guy I had involved in the development squads. He actually ca- captained the Cork under 17s when they won the Munster Championship back when the development squads were going there, the Eugene Carey Trophy in, in Mallow. And Joe was on the freeze. He took over from uh, Dara Flynn yesterday. He scored seven frees and 165 with a big influence in the game. And uh, Sean O'Sullivan uh, got two goals yesterday, which were massive. In the His nickname is Shawnee Goals. So he's, he's a Ooh. prolific goal scorer. And obviously, then. Ronan Dewan, a guy that we would have mentioned on a number of occasions, highly involved with the county board, was coaching the team. And a guy, Davey Moore, who played against uh, Immaculee in 96. Uh, Avendu beat Immaculee in the county senior final in 96 after replay. Davey Moore was corner forward uh, on that Avendu team, but he managed the Valley Giblin team. And one other uh, blast back to 96, Dermot Lynch, who was corner back, on that Avenue team, was now 47 or 48 years of age, is still tugging out for Belly Gibbon. He was a soap yesterday. So I tell you this much, there's no, doubt, there's no doubt there, have I? Get on, you want to clean down those boots, kid, and get on the shorts. We'll go for a run. We'll have one more go at it. Mark, I'm fit enough anyway, I can tell you that for sure. But um, I don't know, the touch might be, mightn't be as good. But uh, no, I believe four or 5,000 people at the match as well. Monster Junior final, yes. incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like. Match had to be put back a quarter of an hour because of traffic. Yeah. Unbelievable. It's always a great sign for, for teams playing when you Jeez. hear there's an announcement coming out over the antenna. The game has been put back 15 minutes because of crowd no, congestion. I can't, I can't be talking out the two sides of my mouth. I give out about the Clare County final having to go back 15 minutes and you preparing <laughs> a team to go to have three, like, and the next thing you're told, 15 more minutes to kill there, lads. I know. But is, is, isn't, it, isn't it just un, except unique? That two clubs so close together, right, in mm-hmm. different counties, end up in a monster final, and that's the beauty of, I suppose, the monster club, which is started. Was it was it Sean Kelly started that and said for the juniors and intermediates, which is a great opportunity. And yeah. I'm sure we'll talk about the Kerry situation in a while between Miley and them. Like, but yeah, unbelievable. Sure will. So yeah, sure. So uh, I, I met a couple of them last night in my home. Which is very funny because you mentioned John Hurley, the captain of the Belly Gibbon team. Said there in the interview afterwards, he said, like, it was pure cork and tip. He said, it was great to be a tip. You know, talking yeah, about yeah. the clubs at all. It was cork <laughs> tip, like, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you remember the, remember the old crack with the over 40s? You know, remember the over 40s when it was being played? And the Masters now, they call it. They're still going, I think, yeah. in the country. But it was a big thing in Clare there for about four years. They got a fit. I think a couple of lads got heart attacks in just to get rid of it. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I'll name the club, go on, because they're a great old club, Bradford. And they won the first one, I think. They beat Ina or someone in the first final. But the, the Bradford captain, who was about 47, got the cup and he, he waved it out of the crowd. And then he said, this is a great day for Clare Hurland, lads. To <laughs> 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 think about it like. <laughs> I'm open to correction now, all, all Bradford um, people out there. Um, I think it was Bradford. Anyway, but uh, this is a classic. <laughs> Anyway, lads, um, I couldn't go down. You were below the two E. TJ got free corporate tickets again, Mark, and you got the text to say I have a free ticket, Marco. Where let me meet you. You're doing well, look, TJ, at the moment. Between racing at Christmas, getting COVID, and then free ticket for the Munster Club. Connect connections, isn't it, Mark? We're, we're, we're well connected. Oh yeah. I think you're well connected, now, TJ. To be fair, like I don't know about me, like, but anyway. Compliments of AIB, Taylor. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus, yeah, yeah. I have an account yeah. with them. Any AIB people listening there, I could do with a few free tickets for some gig there or something like that. And know. we happened to get a sight of the All Ireland winning manager, and um, a couple of his sidekicks were there as well. Like we were TJ and Fairness, he knew exactly where to go, he was keeping an eye on him. So, and we Mr. had John spikes Kiley. as well. Spikes came back, like, so he'd have to be there. Yes, by yeah. Yeah. And I was going to say that before we move on to the match, even like we would like to travel to Turles to see St. Thomas's and Belly Hale in uh, two weeks' time. So, like to go if, if anybody out there would like our company or like to bring us Monaco or whatever it is, or drink I might go to Dublin like to see Schlockmeal. Oh, it's Parnell, okay. Uh, yeah, I tell you yeah. because that's in a fairly people are talking about a Belly Hale, um, Belly Gunner final already, aren't they? Oh, yeah. anything could happen. Anything can happen now. Northern teams, Northern teams in Parnell and Schlock Neil now, lads. Schlock Neil have beaten the best in Antrim and the best in Down. You know, and it isn't okay. their first time they aren't to give bags of it to Belly Hale. Was it two years ago? Do you know? Yeah. So this is okay. Well, well, a shout out to AIB to say that myself and Marco are available to travel to Turles on Sunday week for the semi final between St. Thomas's and Belly Hale. All right, Mark. Okay, well, if you be there, Russian Glen, yeah, organize the tickets there for the lads. There, will you? Yeah. We'll be on the following morning, no matter where we are. Um, lads, fierce anticipation. I was here in the bar and the old streaming wouldn't work for some reason um, for Kilmoyley and Corsi, which so we had the volume up to the last. Now, with due respect to Pierce's and the Mayo champions, what's the name of the Mayo champions? Not more. Not more, sorry, Devon Allen Club one, and I should know them. But the, even here in West Clare, the volume was down, and Radio Kerry was booming. And Michael Holland and your old buddy TJ Mark Foley, who has good knowledge of the, of the game in Kerry, uh, yes. give us unbelievable. Kimoli were dead and buried, lads, down four points twice, and, and, and Corsi's looked like they had it. And to come the courage they showed to come back, and I, I didn't, I didn't, I thought they'd never lose it an extra time, but of course, that had its twists and turns as well. But, um, then, then I went up home to watch the the big one, but and we'll stick with the big one. It was a disappointing day out, I suppose, in terms of what we all expected. But you have to give it up to Belly Gunner lads. They're 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 a serious club team, like aren't they? And I said it. Look, I said it in my piece this morning. All this talk, they've won three monster clubs now, so they've only won two previous. Um, all this talk that they were kind of under underachievers, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I'm not so sure that was a major motivation for them, beaten by Boris Lee two years ago down the road in Parky Ring. I'm not so sure that was a major. I think the fallout from the Lockmore match and 
we gave it as good as any podcast here that we weren't impressed with some of the antics maybe on the day but they used that there was quietness from them they just were focused weren't they and uh for some other reason then came out didn't show up which can be very difficult after christmas of course and it's very hard to put your finger on things but mm. it was an awesome display really i mean the goal in the point came late um for Kilmallock and like it was going to be an awful beating other than other than the late couple of scores and it's probably still a fair beating but they 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 are an awesomely balanced club team yeah well drilled i'd say dale i know um i'd have to like i was just thinking about it a while ago like what could you do to describe them professional uh driven uh, did everything correct sprinted off the field at half time uh, their touch was unbelievable, TJ. We remarked actually in the first half the cornerback hit a, a lot, hit a ball out of his hand 50 yards straight into a fella's hand under pressure. Their hurling was excellent, uh, their execution, their decision making never panicked. It was without question probably the most flawless display I've seen from a club team. Um, I think like we would have given Kilmallock a good shout out after the drubbing they gave Middleton and. Be asking me where does that color now? Um, I don't know what the answer to that is, except that I would say the preparation going into the Middleton Kilmallock game wasn't good for Middleton. And I don't know, I, I don't have an insight dropped into the Kilmallock setup, but certainly they never, barring the first three or four minutes of the game, they never fired after that. And there was one probably controversial moment in the game where Saki brought the ball back from behind. I said, from where we were on it, it looked like it was definitely behind the post. It was overturned. Uh, Bell, he got a free below. And then from the next attack, they got the goal. So certainly there was a two-point turn around. And then there was a goal. And then Hulhan got injured after that. Um, mm. No, but they were was, was still never going to raise a gallop to me. Oshin... Um, Oshin O'Reilly drifted out of the game. He started brightly, but it really was. Oh, the Graham, Graham did too, didn't he? Graham was okay. no improvement. And, and you know what was disappointing? Was Alan Castle in the middle of the field? Was disappointing? And sorry, I, like when does a tsunami come in against you? This happened to Cork in the All Ireland final. Good players. Some, some of them will stand up to it. And I thought Robbie Hanley, for me, in the middle of the field, carried the fight to Belly Gunner. Uh, nearly single-handedly, um, would mark like they, were the field. Field. Yeah. they were beaten in the field. They were beaten in the field, though. And if you told me going down that Costello and Robbie Henley would and play Henley. second fiddle to Sheehan and and, and Paddy he, he Larry, would, yeah. Th- yeah, I wouldn't give you know, but I thought that was a win for Camilla. But the Belly Gunner won the midfielder, yeah. You, you meant TJ, wasn't your man unbelievable? Connor Sheehan, he was so lively in the middle of the field, Jesus. He, he was like a ballerina yesterday. His feet, and but like obviously Peter Hogan was the one other fellow that we picked out. The amount of ground that he covered and travelled just to that. But coming back to it, I know we're talking about individuals, but as a whole, the one thing that took away from the game yesterday was how professional, how drill belly gunner are. And you could watch it from the stand, you know exactly. Those players know exactly what they were expected, what the game plan was, and they carried it out to the letter of the law, as far as I, from what I could see yesterday. Yeah, and look, um, it was interesting watching. You wouldn't have seen it now, but Park Mahoney got his man in the match award, and he said every Wednesday night they studied the opposition. Now, for me, Park was brilliant yesterday but Desi was the man to match again like oh, uh, yeah, or, Parik, I don't know, I'm, I'm Billy O'Keefe 
Video key. We had video key fan club behind us, Mark. We had the video key fan club. Dizzy one five from play, like Parry two from play. Oh, brilliant freeze! And you, that's the one thing. Kimelik were a bit over robust maybe early, and they gave him chances to get belly going or up and running. You know, nails in the coffin with the freeze, but. Ah, geez, Desi Hutchinson was just unmarkable again yesterday. And yeah, but like TJ, you, you could talk about, and Mark makes a great point of how professional they looked. And I said it in, again this morning, I want to be re- repeating the article, but I said like how they trained on Stephen's day. Came out, I met Tony with Sherlock Man before Christmas. Could see the twinkle in the eye, you know, the Constantine twinkle now, TJ. Um, they were ready. They trained Stephen's day. They went hiking on the 27th. <laughs> I don't think any of the players went to the receptions of the two weddings, Barry, or family. Like, it's fairly professional, like, isn't it? Um, it was. And, and it, even fairness, dog days just come out of nowhere at times, did you, don't they? They do. And in fairness, I, I would have said that Kamalak would have incrementally improved nicely from county semi final to have been good county champions in Limerick, where it wasn't easy. And, and you'd have to say, whereas Middleton didn't turn up, but Kamalak were impressive the last day. And you would have said that this was set up for Kamala to have a right good go at Belly Gunner. And it seemed that way early doors. Myself and Marco heard one of the physical hits down really close to us, like it was a, it was a fair body blow. And Kamala looked up for the battle and they got a couple of early scores and got themselves settled. But um, I will say, as the same as Mark, I was extremely impressed by Belly Gunner's setup, by their formation. Uh, their reset every time myself and Mark commented on it a couple of times they knew exactly what they were doing their out ball they had one or two players available every single time they took the right options and loads of occasions their runners inside were incredible um, their formation and setup isn't too dissimilar to the way Limerick play it, it does, there, there are some similarities you could draw I know there is a connection with, with Shani and the stats but mm-hmm. to what Marco said there in terms of studying opposition in terms of what they want to do themselves their running, their energy, their puck out strategy. There was an awful lot to be impressed by Belly Gunner. And in Desi, they definitely have one of the top players. Like his footwork for one or two of the scores, his first touch, his pace. And like all around the field now, their body language was just really on the money. Like no one's saying that. Like they've been in the last, this is four months of finals in a row for them. Like they two last and they two won. And like after the match, you could hear, you could nearly feel the hurt after the match for the Boris Lee match uh, two years ago, the effect that had that on, had on them. But extremely professional, really good the way they set up Philip O'Mahony and um, Shane Sullivan won a power and a half back line. All over the place now, they were winning the battles and their, their game plan and tactics seem to be very much right. If I was going to be critical of Kimalak, <clears throat> In the first half, they they tried to influence their game on Belly Gunner, where that middle third, which has been very good to them in the last number of games, where they were winning ball, and they pushed up, and they left their full back line to deal with their markers one-on-one, which, Jesus, against these guys, that was mm. a big gamble now. And I, I, I think, like, no, hindsight's marvellous. We all know that. I definitely would have been. I thought they did it better in the second half with Paddy O'Loughlin at centre-back. Um, when, when, yeah. when they restructured, even though the second half didn't go great for them, but the horse kind of bolted at that stage. Would like to go and ask somebody, like I Alicia, would you fancy one on one in about 40, 50 yards of space with Desi Hutchinson in the current form? I think the blade would have to be lowered early, Dale, I would imagine. Yeah, <laughs> there's one thing, no cameras around the renting cage, and I would Jesus is wet. It would be a very down. difficult assignment, like, wouldn't it? So, can I ask you this? Can I say this? Go on, go on, Marco. Yeah. Go on. Yeah, Dela, what, like, 
we we gave Kilmanach a good shout out having played in the Gaelic grounds against Middleton. But when I heard the fixture had been gone to Parky Cueve, and we saw the game below in uh, Dungarvan as well, and the conditions were horrendous, right? And we questioned whether uh, Benny Gunner would be okay in the conditions and stuff for like that, right? But by Jesus, when they got the surface yesterday, they made hay. I'm sure they got the surface in Innes. They got the surface in Innes against Bellier as well. Like. Yeah, yeah. you mentioned that. And there were two yeah. massive scores that they put up. They hold teams <laughs> off the field with that style of running, that running game. Now, they're holding is quality now. But they're just, their know-how and their game plan and everybody doing their job right. It was just a really, really professional. But sorry, come back to the question. What influence do you think of the good surface does it have on this belly, on this belly gunner team? We know if they get to the final in crop half, the surface will be excellent. They're going to be dealing with Parnell Park now in the semi final, and the conditions will be heavy enough for taking them Parnell, won't they? There won't be much grass anyway. Much grass, yeah. Sorry, John Costello, if you're listening now, but you I have to say, you know, have my feeling on that as well. Corky Keeve is some stadium, like uh, the yeah. stand, the elevation, the ground yesterday. There was no wind there, like I know it was a little bit of drizzle, like, but in fairness, for the time of the year, and even myself and Mark walking down upside the pitch afterwards, there was hardly a, a, a sod turned on the pitch, like it was just incredible. And for the players in, 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 to be able to play in that environment this time of the year, it is a credit to Cork, in fairness to them. I know people have said they spent a lot of money there, but anybody who hasn't been in Parker Keeve, in fairness, it's as good a stadium as we'll see. I'd say nearly in Europe at this stage, no, it's, it's, just, it's just incredible. It's fantastic. It, you it you go to a match every week, cut. It is Ed Sheeran, TJ, people should go. It should go. It should go. I have to say, credit where credit is due, it's a some spot. Landers has tickets for Ed Sheeran, lads, as well. There's some kind of a fundraiser for Killa, I'm sure, or something like that. But, uh, no, it is. This, I, 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 disappointed with Tony Lean. Tony, if you listen to this later on, that you didn't put the three of us up Saturday night uh, down in Cork and uh, we could have had a, you know, done a bit of planning for the racing club, etc. Got a few things in order. <laughs> but anyway, I tell him, we're we getting get so into Tony. We, we met another fellow there yesterday who wants to join the racing club. He wants to know what's the story. We'll have to get that. We'll have to do something with the racing club. There's, there's a massive, massive... Um, Interesting yeah. as I was contacted by a fellow Richie Cahill there from um, from Bright Rovers as well. He said there's 25 fellas on site here. He said Mark, they're only busting to get the file sites. Yeah. Look, I was going to mention it at the end of the show, but uh, look at we might as well do it now. Look, we 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 promise the listeners that the, the three of us, uh, Rafe, who who does the the video and the sound and all for us, uh, maybe one or two more stakeholders that we think of being part yeah. to get out. We don't want to be. Yeah. We want to go and enjoy the crack as well. Like that's that's the point we were making earlier on before we came on here. We want to go off to the races, have the crack, meet the listeners, and watch the horse running yeah. and blame TJ yeah. if he doesn't win. But, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, so we we before we have, I presume our next pod will be two weeks time. I don't think this is only Munster League next weekend. So I'd yeah. say it'll be the Monday after the 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 semi finals now, uh, which should be two crackers with Thomas's and Belly Hale, and as you said. Schlock Neil coming to Parnell licking their chops for Belly Gunner. Um, you know, th- and we'll have a pod that Monday, but we'll have met before that Monday, so we will put meat on the bone and get things moving. Because yeah. I, I was saying to you last night, Mark, I've had nothing but positive messages from people. Yeah, I agree. And I, I actually have there's three horses now who've been given free to us. We have a four-year-old filly, a three-year-old filly, and a three-year-old cold. We won't be and, uh, we'll have to draw a lot for this for the membership. Yeah, 
And they don't cost, they're not going to cost us anything to buy them. There's a foal, all right, there's a half a foal available to be bought, and there's a mare to be covered if fellas want to do the long game as well. Like, but oh, we'll do that, we'll cover that. There's, there's, there's plenty of options, no it's a bit of crack. And what this is for is, is for fellas that listeners out there for I don't know 100 or 150 quid, a one off payment, and you're done for two years, and you get access to. Owning a horse yourself. That's the reality, isn't it? Like, and being able to go to the races as an owner. So, we'll have good yeah. fun. That's fun it. and a bit That's of crack. Exactly. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. TJ, I was just going to say to you, you, you mentioned it there, they got a lot of space in the full forward line. And look, it's hard to watch, you know, from the TV. Great coverage again, no TG Car. And I, I, I had uh, Radio Limerick on the background as well. It was uh, Mel, Mel Keevy, is it? Mel, yeah. Mel or Keevy? Mel Keevy, yeah. Keevy, yeah. And Leo. Um, and uh, Ferris got a bit of good because they were obviously there. And Leo was just saying that they were sitting in the three full forwards and breaking into the space then. The belly gunner and they couldn't get the boot. Come here to me. Desi's a special player now, Desi Hudson, and I'll give mention to Higgy again here. I got a text off Higgy about 10 minutes before the start. Desi to get the first goal, 5-1. to one. Don't say you weren't told, Higgy. Uh, just, he just sent me a picture of dollars. <laughs> and the goal went in. Jesus, he doesn't be too far wrong, I tell you. I'll give him that. I hope he's as good on the Clarecastle sideline this year beside me uh, as a selector <laughs> with these predictions. But, um, like... The one thing I'd say though is, could Kilmelock have learned a bit from Limerick? Like Limerick are the one county team that have managed to really stop Desi. Rory Hayes did a fair job for Clare on him now last year, one on one, and Rory Hayes is a special cornerback to me. But the Limerick system seems to close Desi now. No, no, I I should mention Sean Finn as well, I suppose. <laughs> in, in that respect, what a what a cornerback! But he he, you can't give him space like. And and they just seem to set up with too much space on the other end, defensive end for them. Did it? And I suppose here here is the intricacy. Even looking ahead to the intercounty scene down the road, I, what we're looking ahead at the moment now, we say with the Limerick system, unless we're Belly Gunner players yesterday, right? Is you have a half forward line of basically Peter Hogan yesterday, Mikey Mahoney, and Parik Mahoney, right? Parik Mahoney is sitting at number eleven. So if you're picking him up a centre back, right? So Parik Mahoney can hurt you from 70, 80, 90 yards as we well know. Beautiful striker ball. So if you're centre-back marking him, what do you do? So that's the first problem posed for any team, right? So yesterday we had a situation where Kieran O'Connor was trying to follow him as much as he could. The two half-backs were pushing up. Peter Hogan's running around the place was like, it was as, as Marco said already, that's George Bunny trying to follow him was literally impossible. And they were pulling that half-back line out, right? Now then, that was leaving loads of space inside. But it's two tiered in there, right? One, you have to have the movement inside, which is incredible from Desi and Vice, and two, the ball in. 
they worked the ball, they took that extra pass on the middle third, and then once they were kind of facing the goal, they gave the great ball in, they were given the 60, 40, 70, 30 ball in every single time, and it was hurting them. Kilmallock then in the first half tried to react, they did get Kieran O'Connor to sit in the pocket for a while, but again, now Parag Mahoney becomes free in that middle middle mm-hmm. of the field. They used him, and as Marco said to me two or three times, they outball every single time, whether it was out to the sideline or through the middle. Ballyguna were extremely well versed in that. So they reacted then by using Parag Mahoney, and again, they got a couple of scores from there, and then using the ball inside. So it's two-tier, but it's very, very well drilled. It's well coached. I'm sure there's plenty of time in the video analysis room where you watch it and then you're showing a fella. It's nearly like professional football, as I said this before, where guys go down the line and they take the right option every single time. So it's watching that over and over again and becoming versed in it and then believing in yourself. They were extremely fit, extremely hungry, physically well able for the challenge, and but they're used to the ball. At, I would say if you could have measured use of the ball yesterday by Belly Gunner. I'd say it was in the 90-something percent where they took the right, right option nearly every single time. Other than the last seven or eight minutes where they hit a few wayward wides, belly gunner, it was a precision belly gunner. Yeah, yeah credit, yeah. huge credit to Darrell Sullivan. You know, I loved his interview as well afterwards where he said he hasn't seen Schlockneil, but he certainly has all their games taped and he'll be sitting down from tonight to, to look at them. And um, Yeah, they're, they're a very, very good team. And, yeah, and, they and, and, and as it's co- the, cha- the challenge for coaches, you know, in in the modern era, in the way the game is played, is dealing with that half forward line, like effectively who doesn't play as a half forward line, and like like e- e- even as such a Limerick are a bit similar in that you, like you've got do you follow Keane Lynch, do you follow Park Mahoney as a centre back, and if you do, do you deploy one of your midfielders to pick him up, but then you've got three men in that middle third, so that's the challenge, and look. I, I I saw a quote from Einstein there over over Christmas where like Einstein yeah. came up with it. Creativity is seeing what everybody else is seeing, but thinking what nobody else has taught. So we need an Einstein moment, Delo, from a coach out there in order to be able to change. Like we we, we all know the changes in the game, whether it's Kenny's physicality, the Cork's running game, to maybe the superior fitness, and now to where Limerick are at. So the, where is the next change? Yeah, I'd say call Paul Kinnock. Okay. <laughs> he'll, bring, he'll bring another change. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there's yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Go back to Darrell Sullivan. Um, he gave great mention to the chairman, uh, Jory Conan, the secretary, Eddie Flynn, and Liam Murphy, the treasurer. Hmm. And also one of their guys, Frankie Frankie King, who passed away last year for Valley Gunner, who would have been one of the, the holy trinity, as he called them. And it's very nice um, of the manager to mention the people in the background like that on one of the biggest days of the club year because the, the people that do the work behind the scenes, the chairman, the secretary, the treasurer, they are unsung heroes in every club all over the country. And they probably get most of the abuse as well, like because when there's a problem, who's the person who gets the phone call? The chairman, you know? So yeah. fair play to Darren Sullivan and um, and like fair play to Belly Gunner. They, like this is, they're after winning eight counties in a row. And I, and I mentioned in the last part about, you know, teams consistently winning. So the Thomas's four in a row, Ballyhale four in a row, but like their, their legacy is, is well documented at this stage. Ballyhale's are outstanding. So it's no it's no surprise, I suppose, that the best teams left in the championship are teams that are consistently performing over a long period of time and have county championship won. And certainly that experience 
and that calmness on the ball, the belly gunner is exuded in yesterday, I'd have to say. At no stage did they leave a ball be wasted. And TJ's right that, you know, in terms of possession stakes, 90%, definitely. They made no mistakes with the ball yesterday and they were giving the right ball all the time. The other thing <clears throat> that was quite obvious is on the restats with the opposition's puck outs, the six forwards came out, the three inside lines outside the 21, the three half forwards out to 65. The minute the ball was struck, the three inside full forwards all ran into the square. So they're making the field as big as possible. So they're inside the, the parallelogram, right? In, in there, which yeah. like traditionally teams would probably, or forwards would stay outside the 21 and they're obviously making the, the field smaller. Whereas they went into the edge of the square and then two of their half forwards, namely probably, I suppose, Peter Hogan in particular for me yesterday, but Mikey Manny, obviously, they were sprinting back then and they, and they were getting in under the puck outs into the, to try and find the dropping ball. So they were really, really well drilled and um, they'll be a formidable team if they if, if they get to Crow Park and that is the big question now, whether they yeah. can get over to the semi-final it's, it's bubbling up lovely, isn't it? <laughs> and in fairness, Dello, as Mark touched on there, they have eight counties in a row won, which is no mean... 43 matches in Waterford did. Unbelievable. And yeah. if you look at even yesterday in the programme, right, like they, they obviously have Daryl Sullivan and then they have selectors David Franks, Rory Sullivan and Patrick Harriman. But then on another page, right, they have this big backroom team listed, right, where they have two other coaches, they have three in the medical team, they have another backroom team of five or six people, they have two people in the video analysis and they have two people in stats. So this is a serious, like this is like an inter-county team now, not, not, not too far off the modern era, right? They, their underage system is winning all, be, all before Waterford. They have a lot of young fellas in this. There's a nice change in their team, let's say, from the last time they won um, the Munster Club. So the, the, these boys have upped the ante now. And I even heard afterwards in the victory speech where, you know, they were saying that it was the players that are putting pressure on themselves. It's kind of from within they're driving this. Like, there's, you can really feel the ambition and, you know, you can really feel the hurt of them losing the last time to Boris Lee and, you know, they definitely, definitely have bigger things in their mind. And you know what? I said it's Mark coming out yesterday. Jesus, you, 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 what you've seen yesterday, you'd have to fence him. Yeah, and I, I don't know if he, was it the, one of the adventures has been at home, I suppose, is, is that you get to watch the speeches and the interviews and that. And, and uh, Philip Mahoney, himself and Barry Cockham were the joint captains, obviously, but he did the speech and, and I was going to say tactically as well, lads. That's a feature when they get ahead, Philip sits deep anyway as a centre back, but he sits even deeper when they get ahead and there's no goal chance. I mean Connor Henley's goal came from a great free in fairness to him later on, but the goal chances are and they have O'Keefe behind him as well. Like so a trio down there, like it's gonna be hard to get a goal. But he tanked he he tanked do you know what he tanked as well? The ladies committee the, I heard that, yeah. the yeah, spread yeah, yeah. that's there from every night. He said I have to give you a mention, you don't get mentioned often enough. But he tanked Darrow Sullivan for staying with them. <laughs> you don't often hear like you, you, you hear so much about players getting rid of managements. But he said, yeah. only a mile down the road here, he says, and two years ago, we came out of here not long, it was just before Christmas, I think. Boris Lee beat him, and, and sure. only a mile down the road, obviously, he was he was bang on. He said, But you stayed with us. You know, it's the other way around. We hear that the whole time, isn't it? Yeah, fair that point. Yeah, we point. stood up and we got new management as a bunch of players. But you know what? They yeah. said, Daryl Sullivan's a good guy. and he knows what he's talking about. He knows what he's doing. And we need to look at ourselves. And obviously, that's what they've done. And they have that canister this evening. Yeah, they're a fair outfit, though. I tell you, I, 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 I was impressed with them. Um, 
Kimalik probably had a bit of an off day, and Mark said there are a couple of things like Michal Houlihan pulling the hamstring. He's been a very important player for them. Philip Olaki went off at halftime. I can only assume was it was it was another injury. I, I, I wasn't confirmed, but a couple of things went wrong for them. Um, Marco said there at a point that looked like maybe it was going over the bar and stuff, he brought it down. And then after that, it just became all Benny Gunner. So on the day, Kilmallock would be disappointed with their own performance. And in fairness to them, they prepared well. Like Graham got married, Paul O'Brien got married. There a lot of things going on. But look, in fairness to those boys, they don't make excuses. And you know, they, they, they'll credit Benny Gunner with it. But for me, it was just really impressive. Benny Gunner, really impressive. And they, they, they're sending signals, I'd say, to all the club teams around the country, kind of saying, look, in order to get to where we are, you need to make sure that you have all those T's crossed and I's dotted and you know, you need to be very professional. Castle manager Brian Russell, I hope you're listening to all this, Brian. Was, uh, we need all these people on the line. Rumour ru- ru- has it that he recruited well, Delo, in the offseason. Yeah, I'm going to give a hand, but sure, I, I'm out here in the West now, I'll be limited, but yeah, I'll give a hand. Yeah, it's, will, you know what? I think. Will Kilmallock find it hard to pick up the pieces last for 2022 now? Like, will they be getting a month? They'll need, they'll need a month off now, won't they? Like, you know, to reach out to the country. The good news here for Kilmallock is no championship until August. Oh, right? So, yeah. and in, in, in fairness, look, Kilmallock traditionally have been one of the stronger clubs and will be one of the stronger clubs in Limerick all the time. You know, I mean, they just have a tradition. Their subs were impressive, TJ. Their subs were impressive. And, you know, they have a couple well, of very, very good young lads. Uh, Paul O'Brien's maybe there, Shane O'Brien, who has uh, done a bit of underage work for Limerick. He's coming on the scene. He's going to be a first 15 player for them. Uh, the other fella helping out there. I think he might be under 17 or maybe 18. Uh, Pierce Connery, another really, really good prospect. So, look, there's plenty there for them. Uh, Tony Constantine said afterwards, if you had said maybe the start of the season that they would have reached a Munster Club final, a lot of people wouldn't have believed it. You know, yeah. as I said, they were probably outsiders of four at the semi-final stage at Limerick. Yeah. So it's a very good season, right, for them to win a county, get to a month's final. Yes, of course, it's a disappointing end, and it's disappointing to be well beaten by Belly Gunner. But as I said, Sean, it was it was a little bit of two things yesterday. Belly Gunner being really, really, really good in the money, and Kamala maybe just been a little bit off. But you have to credit Belly Gunner with that. Hmm. Oh, no, look. <laughs> It's just, um, it's easy to be Monday, Monday morning quarterbacks here, you know, um, but by God, they, they turned in some display and, and it's tough. I often think this as well. It's, you start off the year, you dream about, in Clare here, we dream about winning the Cannon Hamilton, you know, which is a cup here in Clare. It's tough to finish up your year losing when you achieve that. You, 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 you achieve the dream by getting the Cannon Hamilton. And then you lose in Munster and everyone is kind of downbeat at the end of the season. But yeah, look, I think they'll and, be fine. I think that, they'll be that's the point where we're making before Christmas. Is that if that Munster final was played before Christmas, the lads would be able to go away and burn off the steam and get rid of the disappointment of having been beaten in the Munster Club. And I hope I hope next year that, that those Munster Club finals will be played pre-Christmas and let mm. both teams win or lose have their Christmas to themselves, it's harder on the losing team to pick up the pieces. For any team looking forward now to an All-Ireland semi-final, they have no issue going back to training. They're, they're walking on air this morning. Yeah. But for the team that loses the Munster final, they're going to be down the dumps for a long, long time. Whereas if you have a Christmas period, the end of the year, it kind of draws a line on it and then and then sets people up again for the next year. Yeah, and Matt, that you're not on Twitter, um, I get all the grief for some of the stuff you say on here. So 
I think, in fairness to the Munster Council, they made the point after our last podcast that, they, in fairness, they're allowing for Lockmore, Castellani being in both Munster Hurling and Munster Football, that they had to allow that they couldn't have the Munster Club final the following week because it was fixed for... Well, that's, that's interesting, now because Kilmerford Brooks, Four and Leinster happened to win both counties as well. And it's amazing that the Leinster Council were able to facilitate it and get their championship played in the calendar year. I think that was acknowledged that his pre-planning will be better for the end of this year now. But uh, yeah, okay. but at we that did, stage... We did, what... we did make that point. But geez, it's, it's, it's interesting to know that you had been contacted by Twitter by the Munster Council in some respects, like You'll be contacted on Twitter by everybody, Mark. A fella said to me, I say, 10 minutes into the game yesterday when when um, Bally Gunner got the 1-2 without reply. Um, Bally Gunner, no divers, they law. <laughs> I, I, I didn't even send him a like. like I just said, I never, I felt like saying, I didn't call anyone divers. But anyway, that's you Twitter, You didn't send Mark, him a picture what... of Tom Daly, did you? <laughs> <laughs> I should have sent him a picture of you. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a good chance now that he probably won't be diving anymore, or maybe the umpires watching him in the future won't be won't be caught by him. But yeah. I did meet a very, very high up intercounty referee over my Christmas uh, over the Christmas period, and I asked him what his feelings were on the Lockmore two sendings off. He said for him the first sending off was not a sending off, the yellow card. Obviously, he said that he, definitely the linesman would have been influenced. He would have thought that he struck him with the hurley because of the, the motion, but he didn't see it, so he shouldn't have. He shouldn't have. And he said John McGrath can only have himself to blame for being sent off. He was on a yellow card. He said he didn't need to do what he did. Yes, he said he felt that Barry Collin probably did make a meal of it, but he would more be critical of John McGrath that John didn't need to do it. So it was great to get a referee, a top-class referee's perspective on that. Okay, that clears all that up now. Uh, three weeks later, that's great. <laughs> well, <done, Mark. laughs> we'll move along a bit. As the, as the Munster representatives, we'll, we'll wish um, Ali Gunnar all the best. Obviously, TJ, you, you'll do a vested interest in the, in the Western champions. Um, going yeah, but there. as you said, as you said, as you said, Taylor, you know, it, it's it's set up beautifully, and even like for St. Thomas's, nicely set up. They love an opportunity and a pop off Bally, you Bally, know, coming yeah. in two weeks. Like, that, 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 wow. That's a great opportunity for them. You know, they've been very impressive in Galway again, and, and they like to make a statement here. And again, as you said, for Northern boys, as you said, licking their chops yesterday, like, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? Oh, Parn dear. Parnell Park, nice and tight, not a whole lot of grass in the pitch. And yeah. I think it's, it's as good a team that came out of Ulster, lads, and it's gas, they're the dairy champions. You know, you, you always have it as the entrance, maybe the down. This is as good a team that come out of... Uh, Ulster in a long, long time, and they have no football distractions this time around, and uh, they'll they'll turn up. Stock Neil will turn up anyway. That's for sure. So maybe Kamelok just didn't turn up yesterday. Some for some bizarre reason. I don't know why. We've got no indication of that for it. I'd say Stock Neil will turn up for this one. I'd say they're, you know, they had their Ulster final before Christmas. They had their Christmas, and I'd say they're going hard at the moment. So yeah, really too. Mouth water and semi final lads yesterday. As I said to you, the streaming wasn't working, but uh, uh, Mike, Michael Holland and Mark Foley brought us the Munster Intermediate final. And uh, I have to say, TJ, I know you have a vested interest now in Thomas's, but uh, I spent four years, I didn't win as much as you, I won two uh, down there um, with with the stripes, as I used to call them, the Kilmiley boys with the, the sash across the 
Ironically, they wore the away jerseys yesterday, which was a bone of contention in my last year because they wore the Clarecastle jerseys. Because Lichna wouldn't change their Kerry jerseys, and Kimiley were green with a yellow sash, and we played them in the county final three years previous, and you she wouldn't you couldn't know one player from the next with the jerseys clash and no one would budge. Uh, so we wore the Clarecastle jerseys, got plenty stick out of that too from the Lichna boys telling me go home and bring my jerseys with me. But, <laughs> but I think it caused emotion at the Kilmiley uh, AGM that winter, and they said that getting away a set of jerseys, and it's just the reverse, it's the yellow. With a green sash, uh, and they wore those yesterday. And, and look, lads, I, I, I'm dying to watch it now today because I think I have it now today. The, the streaming crowd, and um, have it sent on. Um, they were beaten twice. They were down four points twice in that second half, and they just showed unbelievable character. And Daniel Collins from Freeze and the O'Connor twins, I think, came up with seven points in play between them. Uh, Mossy and Paddy, and, and like just. The old guard. I going by the radio, my old mucker Tom Ronan, who was one of my main men, and that's going back to 07, 08. Um, was struggling a bit in the first half, but up she came with a massive score from play in the second half and to get it grounds. And uh, I'd say, look, to know about the eight o'clock closing in North Kerry, lads, is it been enforced <laughs> as much as it is here in West Clare? But I'd say it was tested, tested to the full last night, and the first Kerry team to win a monster title. I just it couldn't happen to a better. See, Michael Holland, the, the commentator, did a thing on Facebook there yesterday, and he says they were hurling in Kilmiley twenty years before the association was formed. Some <laughs> stuff. Like, you know, there's there yeah. is and there's history to show that <clears throat> local games and that. Um, but I'm I'm so delighted. I know John Myler was away, I think, and had a long pre-booked family holiday, and was over the other side of the world, America, or Barbados, or something. I think, and. Um, they pulled the master stroke in. They brought Shane Brick, who's down in Cork, coached a few teams in Cork, and it was about Douglas there, Mark. They brought Douglas, Shane yeah. in for the day because Morris Barnan is the kind of manager, the local manager, and Morris was sent to the stand, which you could nearly have predicted before the game. I can feel he used to be sent to the stand when he was wing back <laughs> for me. Great joke. Yeah. I had Murnans, I, I, you know, I'd be thinking of the Murnans and the Walshes, the McGilligates, the Bricks, you know, the Ned Horgans. They are lads. The unbelievable. You, you go out. Ned Horgan distributed um, like stuff like rasher sausages, puddings, all that. You know, they were Horgan's meats or whatever. And you go out your car to, to rush to the ferry, twenty minutes to get to the ferry. Like, and it should have been a half an hour now. But <laughs> shooting across side roads, down into places, and shooting across Lizelt and across the main road, and you get to the ferry and you got on and you say, oh, got on. You look into the back seat, and there'd be just gammon steaks and rashers and pudding coming out. Best crowd you ever meet. Like. And then, and then, the Sean Moran, the Moran's father, would ring you on the way home. He said, "That wasn't a great session tonight." <laughs> You'd have a good row with him and tell him to stick it up in his arse. And then, by the time you'd be back here to finish off in the pub dinner at ten o'clock working and uh, he'd ring about half ten. Are you working? <laughs> I am Sean. <laughs> I was a bit harsh on you early on when you were on the ferry. I'm sorry for courses. Would you believe would you believe I did a training session for the courses camogies one time when they were in the Mallard and semi final Shirley Maloney asked me would I go down to do to do a session with them and I did. I'm sorry for courses and if I'm if I'm biased on this one it's just because I, I've been involved as TJ would know with the with the Toms and, and um Thrilled, and I'd love to get the first ferry actually led today when we're finished here now. And 
go across. But I'm opening, <laughs> opening up here, unfortunately. Staff are low here at the moment. Yeah, we're close. Great, great picture. Sorry for rabbit on. Sorry for yeah. rabbit on there. And I know, still, you, you can understand that. So, fabulous achievement. And to be the first Kerry team to win, like that's always going to sit with them now, which is, which, which is unbelievable to break new ground. And just a brilliant weekend for Kerry Hurland. I know, I know, uh, Larry is probably uh, uh, buried somewhere and pretending he's not listening to us, like, but for also Kerry to record their first win over Tipperary on Saturday, that probably was a factor, though, I'd say, in terms of uh, just a G up for Kerry Hurland Saturday night. And when you go four points down, and I mean, you might be saying they're small things, and you know, how did it affect Kilmiley, but the, those weekends normally come together like that. So, weekend. the cup as well, did it? Oh, jeez, don't remind me. Oh, that has nothing to do with Kamali now. You're just not going to Larry. But uh, some weekends yeah, but, in, in total, wasn't it? But the, 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 other, the other side of the victory is that they beat the Tipperary County, the Tipperary County champions in the quarter final, and they beat uh, Dunhill in the semi final, and now they beat the Cork champions in the Munster final. So there's a lot of quality and there's no fluke to the to the win yesterday. That's the thing I would take away from it because they've beaten, you know, three of the said three traditional counties, I suppose, in some respects, from all of point of view. So but like I said, courses will be kicking themselves. And you know, in the manner in which they won the county final coming from eight points down to win it by a point, they found themselves slightly different and so it's bad they were in front by four points, I think they all three yeah, times twice. during the second twice. half i think twice Mark, yeah but yeah i actually and, had, it, and, and I had he, it down as five here in, in my newspaper article this morning because i thought at one stage it went out to five but i believe to yeah. four twice like yeah and they missed the free and 56 minutes to put them four pints up barbing down the field and brought it back to two so you know it just mm. it just you know what i mean lads the game is never done to the final whistle and you have to keep going to the end that's the thing about it and Remember playing a game against Klein years and years ago, our first year up, and we were seven or eight points up with 15 minutes to go, and we thought the job was done. And Conor Cusick got a flick and a ball into the back of the net, and we got we got beaten by a pint. Remember talking to three or four players after the game, how do we lose that bet? But a common thread came through. It was we thought the game was done. You know, we were in a cruise control. Well, Holland, Holland, well, Holland all over the field. There's no, you know, four points up is a lovely <coughs> lead. We won't get caught from here. There's no crowd going to beat us on points. And, and that's the thing about it. They beat him on points. They didn't get a goal to, to, to bring it back into it, you know, which was. There's a message in that as well, Mark, isn't there? That, that you, you should keep taking your points. Like, especially now with these injury times, we're often seeing five minutes going up. You know, that's right. there's only two minutes to go, maybe that is probably six minutes, maybe or seven minutes. Do you know, so that's right. that's to tip right. away the points. And I think Daniel Collins was he missed one, I think it was the only one he missed all day was to level it. And you'd say, Oh, gone now. And and then he got another one to level it, and of course, nailed it. And he nailed everything then an extra time. And uh, yeah, it just goes to show stick to the plan. You, you you've kind that one, TJ, stick to the plan. Stick to the plan. James Maloney always quotes that he's the he's the, the financial controller and the operations manager here in Cube. That's his famous statement. No matter what happens and what goes wrong, all James says in his Mayo accent is stick to the plan. But it's also true in reverse, Mark, about what you're saying about teams thinking the game is done, right? You have to give huge credit to teams who are behind and three and four and five and six points down. And we have seen more and more comebacks in, in, in the hurling. Is that 
your default is back to your training, right? And if your setup and your training is very good and very strong, and people really buying into it, as said Dale said there, they will tip over the score. You're more likely to take the right option and keep in the hunt and believe mm. that the goal might come if you can get it back to three. You're always more likely to do that if everything's in order, if your training has gone well and if your preparation has gone well. So that's key too. Mm. And yeah. like referring back to when he got man of the match, uh, Park Banny said like we three or four, 15 on 15s in training and he said they were, they were worse than today in terms of brutality and physicality and so on. like if you can create that in your training you're on a winner aren't you like come on yeah, i think Kimiley would have would, would have a fair bit of that going as well you know <laughs> Kimiley's numbers and underage would be gone very tight and i'd say they're making hay while they can and, and but they'd have a great strong panel that way and, and would have good games and uh yeah as i said to somebody on, on social media last night and and later on dear belly duff and nick Schnaw and causeway and art Fert and all the rest will knock lumps out of them <laughs> down there like, you know? and that was one of the things that i was going to say you know i think again like you know martin fogarty stood down um like what a guy martin fogarty is, is nearly like potty butler just a magnificent hurling man but we, you know I, I read some of the stuff and and you know this night in leitrim and there were only two clubs here in cavan or whatever and I just think should the J not be focusing more? Like we're very happy with all the talk is about hurl or football rules changing and competitions changing now. But we have a bunch of counties that have a hardcore hurling element in them, and I'm not including Leitrim and Cavan and that. I'm sorry, I'm nothing against anybody hurling up there now. Don't get me wrong. But we've the likes of Kerry lads, you know, who are bursting for hurling and that area in North Kerry now. Tralee getting strong, the Crokes and Killarney getting strong. Westmead, we know all about Carlo, we know all about, you know, um, even Leash to get them just up that other, other notch. Could we pour a bit more resource in there and come up with a better plan to maybe shove our All Ireland championship out by extended by four or five teams that can compete at that level? Because I think it can be done. Yeah, but I think, I, I, yeah, well, like if you want to opt into county. To get more teams into the inter-county scene, you have to start with the grassroots, with the club game in the counties involved. And to me, the split season is the first part of that process, Anthony, whereby the club is now getting its time. It is now time for the clubs to get their own house in order as well. Um, most counties have now gone to a league format basis, which, which guarantees players at least three or four matches every year. That is very important as well. The more matches you can provide for your players on a more regular basis is the key to the club. So more regular competitive matches on a structured basis as well. I was talking to a guy who was involved with a junior club in Cork over the weekend, and he just said to me he was hoping his club would win the junior county so that they could come in under the auspices of the county board where you knew that the county board fixtures would be fulfilled because he feels that the divisional boards in some areas in Cork, the, the matches get cancelled on a regular basis because the cat has had kittens, the game has gone off. Whereas under the auspices now of the county board and under Kevin O'Donovan, the matches are played, they're fixed, and you, you have to guarantee matches for your club players. So I think we'll see the fruits of the labour maybe in a decade's time whereby... The club is now going to be front and centre for probably six months of the year. And that that is the key. But then, Dela, 
outside of that, can you can you get people like Martin Fogarty to do more? There's more Martin Fogarty's out, out, out there as well that could help out, but it's the funding of it as well as going to come from, who's going to cost it, um, and is the drive and the willingness there within counties to pay money to get coaches or get somebody like Martin Fogarty on board? Because he is a we had him in Killer 15 years ago, and we had about 70 or 80 coaches on the night that were down the sob, and everybody was impressed and flabbergasted by Martin. No, no way, by Same with party. The enthusiasm that he bought was magnificent, brilliant, brilliant. Now, that's it. Um, Marco, GEA TV <clears throat> is the funding uh, oh. solution without, without a doubt. To me, I know you're at me. I, I just think that there's so much more in the club side of it. Yes, we need to improve the inter-county scene with some of those scenes, as I said, Delo, but the, the key for, let's say, take Kerry, who are in the news this weekend, right? the key for them, right, is like they nearly need a Martin Fogarty on their own, right, in in sense they need their own Martin Fogarty within the county, right, to, make sure, they, to make sure that they're underage is going to provide players for the future to make sure that at schools level they're doing the whatever they can to maybe to give some of their better players the opportunity to play let's say possibly a hockey cup to make sure that at an academy level that they're producing their minor hurlers to be at a level where they can go on to play under 20 and then onto a senior panel and to make sure that their club scene is being maximized from a hurling point of view and you nearly need somebody like somebody to do that for all the counties in the country it's just too big a scope right so you nearly need somebody in that county to drive that and like i think with what's happening with the platforms that are there for the club and where the club scene around the country i, I know i've beaten this drum over a while to say that some clubs around the country are taking what the county teams are doing they have their house in order and i can tell club teams now around the country that if you're not planning for the next four or five years with all the youngsters coming today if you don't have some form of a certain conditioning plan, if you don't have some form of a nutrition plan, if you're not buying into this to set it up for three, four, five years down the road, and I do hear people, even in my own club, telling me that, look, do you know what I mean? That certain conditioning is not for here or that nutrition is not for here. Like, they just don't believe in it. And when you're explaining you're in trouble, all I'm going to say to the message around the country, in football and in hurling, that if you're not preparing for three, four, five years for this game to be at a higher level than it is today, you're going to be left behind. Yes, and obviously the Gary Spillane Academy is in good shape. Uh, yet there's a few lads giving out about the bit of honey and the porridge in the morning and um, the, the blocking and tackling and the strength well, conditioning. If you, if, you, if you look at the physicality that was on show yesterday, Mark, like that's inter-county where it was a couple of years ago. And, yeah. you know, we, we spoke about guys in pre-seasons and, you know, I was listening to Radio 1 coming home yesterday where people were talking, I heard McFinley and Henry and those guys coming home on the radio for the match yesterday talking about that before that basically maybe these competitions were fellas where they might have had a half a stone deal or a stone or maybe a little bit more. Or two stone, right? Who said two stone? McFinley. <laughs> yeah, I think so, yeah. So like, those, those days are well gone and like these guys are minding themselves. But the, the club scene has to be the, the feeder into the teams like Kerry. You go around to all those counties, they'll wear his leash or where's Leecham or Kevin. Like you can maybe fix an inter-county team for a season or two, but if you don't have the feeder system coming into that, coming into that, it'll, it, it'll fall away again. So I, I do think that the money will be there in time. I do think that there's funding 
opportunities available. I do think that the club scene can grow significantly on where it is today, even though it's in a good place. And I do think all those things are possible, Dela. Now, how can you get a Martin Fogarty for all those counties? Different question. Yeah, as a, all, all my point really was, was as opposed to the next now party butler, Martin, Martin Fogarty, and that we maybe get a committee of people, a hurling committee of people, and by all means, go to Leitrim, go to Kevin. I'm not, I'm not knocking those counties at all. But what I'm saying is there's ferocious interest. Like the day that's in Kilmiley today, you know, there's ferocious interest in hurling. They beat Kerry. I know it's only a pre-season tournament. You know, uh, like they, they, they love hurling in large tracts of one of the biggest counties in Ireland. If we could, as an association, if we could... If Crow Park, I'm, I'm going to say it out, if Crow Park could give them the resources maybe to help to put two more hurling coaches in there, you know, full-time hurling coaches. You know, there's plenty of lads would love to do it. And um, I even think, because I just think rather than getting another evangelist, if you like, <laughs> don't get me wrong, I love Martin Fogarty, Paddy Butler. I got him to train the Dublin hurlers. We met him in Mayo one time. We were up on a trip and Paddy happened to be checking into the hotel. And I said, Paddy, you're on tomorrow. And they still talk about the session, do you know? And that's the kind of guys you're dealing with here. I just think we could spread that a bit more and maybe focus a little bit more on those counties that are just that step below. Joe McDonough level, can we get them to Liam McCarthy level? I think that would be great. And I, I totally agree with you that the club stuff is going to, the way it's structured now, and I think the way we've promoted it on this show and, you know, there's been still a few dragons out there in the media, lads, that's saying this is all wrong. They were giving away August, they are giving away September and other sports, but we need to promote the club game. I think, I think you're bang on on that. I'd like, wouldn't, wouldn't it be great if the, the country could see the, the full Kilmiley game tonight or tomorrow night or, or, or the full Belly Giblin game or let's say the Leinster um, equivalents and again that's the promotion that helps that feeds into it that gives all the other Kerry clubs the opportunity to say well if Kilmiley can do it like why can't we do it in 2022 or 2023 and that's what the driver is for the future. I, yeah. like, I was thinking about your idea the JTV TJ actually over the weekend because I I was I turned on the radio here to, to listen to a snippet of the Bally Giblin Shkihina Rinky game. But I actually wanted to be able to watch it on television. And then I was saying, if I want to watch it, surely there's an awful lot more people out there, and not just from Cork or Tipperary. I think every junior person or, or team that's involved in the junior championship this year would like to see and log in and pay a five or maybe to actually go and watch that match yesterday. Like there was three months to hurl and find this page yesterday at club level. And there's no reason why the three of them couldn't have been live broadcast at, we say, half past 12, half past one or two o'clock. We say half past 12, two o'clock and half past three. And I guarantee you this much, there would have been 50,000 on an average, on an average, right, across the country. And, and it wouldn't cost the whole pile to actually get your, you know, get your live streaming. Like, what, what Rafe is doing and the examiner are doing the live streaming of the Cup Championship, that's, that's, that, that's well affordable or well achievable. If we have to promote the game of hurling. And, and, like, you know the issue you're going to get from the Munster Councils or the County Board. Oh, if we live stream it, people aren't going to come and watch it and pay through the actual turnstiles. That will be the biggest blocker. To me, the most important thing is the promotion of the game. Promote the game. 
Munster councils, Matt. county boards, not about what's coming through. Do your deals with the TV rights and stuff like that. What do you lose? 10% of the gate? What about Matt, the old people? The listen, sorry, picture, I'm on a rent. I'm yeah, on a the, rent. Bigger, the, the bigger picture, Mac, is that they get more money out of the subscriptions all around the country. Like if somebody's paying 10 euros a month and they have access to everything. And just to make a point there, the they don't need to be even on at different times, right? I was watching the racing over Christmas there and sure other people were on racing TV. And if you wanted on racing TV just to focus on Leperstown or just on Limerick, I would just hit the red button and just focus on one, one, one place. So that's available. And that, I, 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 look, I actually think it'll come in time. I think the penny will drop here where everybody around the country is paying 10 euros a month and you've got GEA. The Fitzgibbon Cup is coming up. I know yeah. we've got the equivalents in, 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 in football and all that. Great and the Harty Cup has been on TV. And the Harty Cup, yeah. And yeah actually, it has been on the... all. I mean, I, we, we showed here now, we showed the McGrath Cup, Karen <clears> Cock. <throat> there was something with the streaming yesterday, Mark, but you could, I paid a tenner, but the, right. whatever, there was a worldwide issue, I think, with something. Anyway, it, it didn't come on anyway. Yesterday we got refunded today, a tenner, but... I was going showing Kilmiley and courses here yesterday as well, and um, yeah, so it is improving. We'd have to say, like, but uh, yeah, the more yeah. the merrier. And look at the crowd that was at Skeena Rinka and and, and Belly Gibbon. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't take away from the crowd at all, sure. Like, no, and and we had a massive crowd in Parky Queen yesterday. Yeah, Belly Gibbon, Belly We we actually mentioned it before the game. TJ when when the bar was there, there was a massive roar when the, roar, yeah. went up yeah. the um, national anthem. So. I just, it needs to happen. We need to promote the game more, and it's not all about money in the background. And unfortunately, there is, there is, look, lads, there is that culture. There is that culture about getting patrons through the gates to pay and stuff like that. But there's a bigger picture here, and that's the promotion of the game of Holland. That's I the think, bigger picture. I don't, yeah, I don't get that. I think people still go to the matches. Like, you know, I. They will. Like if Clarecastle are live streamed, I'm I'm still going to the match. Like I'm, you know, support, yeah. yeah, that's the way. That's what I'm saying. Like you'll only lose about ten percent of the people. But what about the older person who can't travel to the match anymore yeah. who would watch on television? What that about is. the diaspora that's outside of here? You know, you that's outside of the country, and not even outside of the county. There's people above, you know, from Killer that are living in Dublin. We've actually two guys from Killer on the Fulton Gales team. The one, the other. The one over yesterday, they, they, Full, they beat Fulham the Armagh champions in extra Fulham time and penalties. Fulham Kevin Gales. Finley, led, a local lad here, he's captain of the team. So he's the goalie, not from Killer. He is Dan Cusick. Yeah, yeah. He, he, saved penalty, he, he saved the win and he won it from. Yeah, Finley, he saved the last penalty. Yeah. So like those two lads, I mean that 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 adds a piece as well now. But like, look at the the parents, the grandparents, the uncles, the aunts, the first cousins who would actually like to watch that match yeah. there now. Pay your fiver, sit down and watch the game. There's huge G-A-T-V. content, yeah. Yeah, there's huge content G-A-T-V. all over the country. Someone had it up, Mark, that the seven minutes of the penalty shootouts last night on, on Facebook. And when oh, I finished boy, up here last night, I filled the old glass of wine at home and I watched the seven minutes of the penalty. Penalties weren't great now, lads. I'm going to have to say it. <laughs> it's not only quite, but huge shout out to Fulham Gales. They're based in Liverpool, lads. Stan Murray Hessian from Alahide. What a ledge. He's the chairman of the club now. He's manager of the team basically not running everything but like the job they have they're kind of based liverpool manchester the job they have to try and train i actually i met him for a chat before the last all Ireland semi-final they were in um open Mellahide. they were home for us and they'll be home again obviously now 
They beat the Armagh champions uh, yesterday, so they're into the junior. They they could be running into Belly Giblin now for all we know, but that's yeah. The that's what Are they meeting? Go in. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's local. That is a big, yeah. big local thing now. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely. Great. It's great. It's great. Les, we we be re- look at we'll always push the agenda on hurling on this show anyway, and 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 you know getting up there now. I. Why I'm bringing it up today is I think there's a, a huge focus on football and changing the format. But we're all grand with hurling because Galway are into Leinster and if, if Antrim are down or Derry come out of Ulster and they'll go into Leinster as well. And even the talk was Kerry go into Leinster if they won the John McDonough. And we're all happy. We've two great conferences, let's say. So I just think we don't need to take our eye off the ball because we have a nice balanced system. Um, we just need to add to that. That's my point. And, and Dilla, in all aspects of the game, whether right, it's coaching or fitness or strength and conditioning or nutrition, people are pushing the boundaries and pushing things on. And there's mm-hmm. loads of good things in clubs and astroturf pitches and facilities. There's, 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 this is going, getting better and better. So I think there's an onus maybe to bring that promotion of all the stuff that's happening and that content maybe to that wider audience. I think there's something there. Even in fairness, I see the boys there and what's the score there, their app. Where they're trying to bring scorers and different things if you can't get to a game to kind of keep up to date with it, which is which is very good. So there's people pushing boundaries here all the time. A, a, a brilliant app to keep in touch with games. So I just think that this week now, right, with the weekend that's just gone, like you could have an awful lot of stuff there for people to watch, and there's a huge amount of stuff coming up with all the different competitions. So I, I I think it'll happen. I think in time somebody will will grab the bull by the horn. And it's a right it is a rights thing, though, TJ. It is I know for D like a you don't think we've we've been asking the Declan McBinnett to this world like, could we not have a show on a Wednesday night or Tuesday night and show all the games and I do because he own it like they so if, they, yeah they you see the other drivers like yeah well, you'll have an hour now nine eight to nine tonight TJ Carr and they will show bits and pieces of the games but they're trying to cover football hurling maybe yeah, very difficult very difficult in one hour on a Monday night and I know I know Artie would love to give it a two hour show there on a Monday night but it's it's a right. Thing and, and and don't get me wrong, TJ Carr have been outstanding in the coverage they've given us and, down and, to and, and, and Dero, just just one thing. I don't know whether you saw the uh, documentary on Eamon Ryan over the Christmas period. TJ Carr did it. And last night, I just very compliment. Good. You know, the two-step TJ Carr number one, but the Ryan family in particular for the openness and the honesty and the clips. Uh, that they showed of Eamon. Um, he was absolutely fantastic. We look, I'm not going to go on about it, but I must say, and I saw a lot of the, the messages from former ladies footballers from outside of Cork County that got an in de- got an extra look at who Eamon Ryan was and what he contributed to GA, both hurling and football, men's and women's teams, just phenomenal. But just to say thanks to the Ryan family in particular for allowing the general public in to see the other side of Eamon Ryan, which was the family. Yeah, I've seen it before, Mark, and it was actually on last night as well, at about half nine or nine o'clock, I think. So it's a, it's a great one. I'm sure, I'm sure you can Google it and, and get it on YouTube or whatever. Yeah, it's a great show. I've seen it, yeah. Sport, it, sport watching. It, if there's RT, they did a great show on Rachel Blackmore too over Christmas, which was very fantastic. Good, like, yeah, shows. Fantastic, fantastic, yeah. yeah. Just some, some, some warrior. Um, I don't know if you were talking to Kevin last night or this morning, TJ, but was he happy with uh, Henry's debut? I wasn't actually talking uh, Henry and Mick meeting on the sideline in Bellinus Slow, one over Offley, one over Galway, was not something um, um, the two of them saw coming maybe four years ago. 
It's amazing, yeah. isn't it? Amazing. Two fantastic warriors and oh. two, two of, of, of the very best the game has produced. And yeah, in fairness to them, I mean, both, both trying to improve where, where, where we're going now. Galway, um, obviously a winning result uh, is, is always good when you're a new fresh yeah. manager. And I'm not sure, that, I'm not saying that Henry needs any credit in the bank because he's very full of credit at the moment. But it's nice to get it off to a winning start. You kind of keep getting that buy-in. Like, obviously, it's very much trial for all these counties at the moment and they're having a look and trying to see what they can play with. But like, you're, you're looking for fellas to show the right attitude. So, yeah, I'm sure they'll be happy with that. Um, I heard both of them speaking, as I said, and, and, and they both sounded happy, Mark, coming home on the radio and with the work. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think they both said that things are happening quite quick here, right? And, you know, even in the programme yesterday, I, we were reminded that the first round of the championship between Limerick and Cork is the 17th to the 4th, which is not too far away as we speak right now. When you consider you've got these competitions, you've got to get a league play. You, would, that time you wouldn't well. want to be having the two stone now, You team. wouldn't want to have two stone now, Dello is correct. <laughs> so these boys were happy. So yeah, it's exciting. And you could, again, uh, it was a 3,000 people or something at the match and people really queuing to get in. Yeah, so hello, people getting in to see the, um, Henry get, get, getting the ball rolling. So exciting time for Galway there, no one. As to, as to what presents itself. And I was reading uh, just on a report in the match and young Eamon O'Shea's young fella hitting, hitting the headlines one nine. from 1-9. Yeah, so look, I think everybody's aware there's a lot of that talent. And, you know, even talking to Kevin there over Christmas, the challenge for them is to try and, you know, put, put, put the right pieces together. But so. to, be fair to, them, to be fair to them now, TJ, I'm going to give them this bit of credit now. Look, everyone has their own agenda. And as you said, the time is short. The time is short now. The time is shorter than ever before. Yeah, but like we saw the Kerry football team they were out against Limerick, and you're saying, Jesus, Jack, do you really need to put them all out? Like, you know, <laughs> like you're not giving the few lads a chance now. And he, he, he probably did. Like, when I saw the Galway lineup, I was there, mm, haven't heard of him, mm, haven't heard yeah. of him, you know. Yeah. And in fairness to Henry, and it was maybe a little one that you could do with winning and not yeah. any point in it at half time. And you know, Mick obviously off the on the rise again, and um, it was still one he want, would have wanted to win, but he, he he was brave with his team selection. He was, and as I said that that's part of what, and I think even Henry spoke. I said we were speaking yesterday was he needs to get to know all these players and yeah. see, and you know, I mean he he has to spread the net wide, and I suppose when you're coming in from the outside, you know sometimes even though somebody can be like Kevin and Damien will know the scene inside out, and they will be advising Henry, but you know from him himself. And Richie, they need to see it. They need to kind of see it and touch it and feel it because they might see something that maybe is a little bit different to before and try to put all those pieces together. So it's a tough job. And there's an awful lot of those really good players in Galway. It's just trying to find the exact piece that they want for their jigsaw. That's the challenge for them early doors. Yeah. Absolutely. And and um, no better man. No better man. As you said, he is, is a fair bit of credit there anyway. He's Henry Shefflin, so he'll, he'll be... A, a, I, I, cars, I just think from a player's point of view, yeah. even in the radio listening last night, when, when he speaks, you listen. Uh, yeah. Same with the two of them, like Finno as well. Oh, I, yeah. I, Finno, I think if, if, Mike, if, if Mike Finley asked me to do something, I would just no question. Time to go and do it. Just do it. Is that then, like in fairness, you see the enthusiasm they're bringing to that, um, to that competition. And then isn't it disappointing from a Cork perspective? They didn't enter a team into the Munster Senior League at Irish. He wouldn't bother with I mean, that. He wouldn't. I, just, young I, just, I know, yeah. After winning a minor All Ireland and 221 All Irelands this year, and we didn't have a team. They've done a holiday, man. Have they? Shit. Did they get a holiday for that All Ireland final performance? Yeah. 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 Y
Yeah. Look, it, it's, 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 it, it can be sometimes a catch-22. Sometimes you, you can only play 15 in some of those games, whereas if you were at home, maybe Cork might feel they could play 15 and 15 and just spread the net wide or so. It's yeah. kind of different strokes for different folks. But look, I suppose DJ, there's a lot, there's a lot John to Allen, putting on the county jersey and getting yeah. out and winning matches. It used to be the yeah. Waterford Crystal Munster League or That's whatever right. we call it. Okay. You know, you were managing yeah. Limerick, I was managing Clare. John Allen said to me one time when he was with Limerick, he said, Dale, I'd love to try out everyone. You know, John, no, absolute gent. I'd yeah. love to try out a complete B team. He said, like, but there'll be a full page in the examiner about this tomorrow. <laughs> and they were playing Tip and Nina, I think, and it was a massive crowd there because people are mad for hurling. Like, and it well, is, it is. It's, 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 it's um, which comes first, the chicken and the egg thing, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, you have to experiment, but you, you probably like, want to win as well. I mean, Colin Bonner probably faced that little bit of a predicament. It's, it's very minor in the overall scheme of things, but you know, all of a sudden there's a question mark. He's like, what's he doing with some of these players? Why are we getting beat by Kerry? So all, all of a sudden, you like when you're fresh into the management, the less questions, the better. <laughs> I, <laughs> should, uh, I, I did he get a sleepless night Saturday night? Yeah. And when he brushed it under the cap, they asked to look pre-season, you know. I know, knowing the Bonner's mark, they'd sleep away anyway. I'd say they'd, they'd be laid back, lads. Like, but I'd say driving home now, he probably was saying, yeah, I could have done without that. Like, you know, right? Yeah, my, my first match, official match with uh, the Dubs, uh, Walsh Cup against Kilkenny, and uh, named him as strong as I had him. And, and next thing I see, the Kilkenny team and Cody put out about 11 regulars, and Bates was six goals. Tell you it was a fair drive from Parnell. <laughs> I knew the job ahead of me anyway, that's for sure. Yeah. But you know, uh, he was kind of, I'd say straight away saying, this crowd of potential now. And uh, they've won a kind of a minor Leinster and a under 21 Leinster, and I'd be putting Hurling out of their heads now for <laughs> that was right. Mr. Mr. Cody had that ruthless streak in him, like you know. So but look, all's fair in love and war. If you if you enlist, you must drill, as we say. Uh, so yeah, that's it. Shout out, lads, before we go. Shout out to St. Rhinus, Camogie, uh, All Ireland Intermediate Club Champions for 2020. It's mad. Um, and Raharney, who actually beat Clan Morris, um, who is the only Camogie club in Kerry, I think. Maybe there's a new one. And they're all the Kilmiley girls and the Causeway girls. And they had to play it yesterday at the same time as the hurling match. They couldn't have played it Saturday. So Mammy had to go to the Camogie, or Daddy had to go to the Camogie. Johnny had to go to the hurling. Bridget had to go to the hurling. Billy had to go. In the awful, they couldn't play it Saturday. Like, Themselves and, and Raharney won seven to seven points yesterday uh, in, in Long Orchard. And in the, in the cat that they couldn't, they couldn't just put one and, on the day before. Which, you know, I, look, I, we've seen it in Cork with the ladies' football and the camogie. Mm. The amount of hassle over the last decade between both those associations yeah. And that seem to be they need to realize that they're facilitating the players, not trying to get one up on the other association. Oh, that that would madden, you know, like that would yeah. sicken, you know, like you know, two clubs yeah. playing at the same time. All their sisters, yeah. like if you go through the names and didn't go through the Kimiley team's names, it'll, it'll, it'll make sense to you. Anyone today's examiner lads sport again, I have it here. Unbelievable coverage from everything. You get the coursing from Temple Tui yesterday, where I would have liked to have been as well yesterday. Some coursing down there, but I tell you, the home of it down there, I, I'd go as far to say 
Um, the horse race and everything, rugby even is in it somewhere there in the middle. I think Munster won with 14 win or something. Did I wouldn't be loading <laughs> to them here. There was a few lads watching it here, Sardine. Now, the way it is with the rugby, you can watch the first half in Murty Brown's legs, but you have to be out for the second half. Yeah, I see. Um, oh, is there a drive over a second? Half? Fuck, that's is gone. Sure. You hear the place eight o'clock. My god, there's talking about changing shortly, isn't there? Yeah. Oh, um, on a sad note, we had a tough couple of weeks in Gary Spillane. We lost three really, really good supporters, uh, two before Christmas. Um, the Getty, who have quoted on this show before with his brilliant phrase of you'd know. He would have been James Ryan, Jim Bob's uncle. He passed away before Christmas. And we also lost um, Ned Ryan, the smiler, who would have been a big supporter. He would be a brother of the Jack Ryan, who would have been synonymous with Gary Spillane, GA. And um, Ned would have been, I think he managed to Tracy's to win the London Championship in 84. So loads of legendary stories about him. And just this week on on Saturday, um, James, Jim Bob Ryan, unbelievably lost, or buried his father, Shamey. So another player for Gary Spillane. So we just have had three of them uh, so a tough time and you know we, we, we got talking telling stories about you know, all these older characters and the nicknames of the Getty and the Smiler and the stories were always huge but the Smiler one that came to mind when we came home and he'd be always home for the guys playing matches especially the bigger ones but um, he moved to London obviously a, a long time ago and he was uh, everybody who moved from our side of the world and over to London would have got in contact and the Smiler would have done huge for everybody anybody who went over but when he came home his, or his little kind of phrase was always, when my work here in London is finished and I'm hoping it won't take me too long, I will take the first flight back to Shannon and feckin' walk it from there to Naklam. Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. So, well, yeah, um, brilliant, brilliant characters. And as I said, yeah. we were kind of uh, going through all the old characters and the other way that they had nicknames and different stories about them. And it's the same with every club brilliant. and parish yeah. up and down the country. But just, yeah, just, just a particularly sad time and just yeah, yeah. unfortunate for us. And of all your great phrases, TJ, um, <laughs> too old, too slow, too far comes up a good bit. But, um, <laughs> Do you know what the amount of lads that have said to me over the Christmas period, and I suppose been here in the pub, and that is, and as TJ would say, you'd know. <laughs> yeah, it's brilliant. Friend. That'd be good to him, and 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 uh, I'd I'd have had the look. The Red Cup is gone now, but I'd have had the look to be no in charge of the Munster team for the last couple of years. Jim Bob, just my sympathies. I didn't know um, to you and your family. Uh, just a great character, Jim Bob as well. Tough guy, great character as well. Funny guy. And he didn't lick it off the road, obviously, TJ, um, you know, top, top man. So our sympathies to the Ryan family from the show, um, for sure. It's, it's, as, look as, am I right? Am I right to say that Jim Bob hit Davy Fit the best of us all around the sideline one day the match? He did, he did, he did, He went way up then after that. And <laughs> oh, yeah, like, I know. <laughs> Don't be talking about your Cork Camogie coach now like that. Uh, I see him... Uh, I see Cockamore, we were posting a picture of him there in the new, in the new year. He looked fierce well. He was smiling, which actually killed me, I think. You know? One of your own, oh, one of your own, kid. One of your own. Best to look to Cockamore in the season ahead, no doubt. They'll, yeah. they'll, they'll, they'll yeah. do well. They'll do well. They always do well anyway, sure, don't they? Uh, and the best to look to the AD with that job there as well. We'll wish you all people good goodwill uh, the new year. And all our listeners, let's we'll have meat on the bone. For the next pod now on this racing club okay so we're going to meet the three of us not on a zoom we'll meet somewhere we'll get into the cube offices there and socially distance and have a chat 
and um, yes. a bottle of red we'll maybe. TJ, we'll need a couple of good A Chinese takeaway and a couple of bottles of red. Yeah. <laughs> no problem. Great stuff, lads. Um, pleasure as always. And look, any Saturday you want to double like that, like last Saturday, middle of the day, you want to back two horses, just look, give me the shout. I know you know more than I do about the whole thing, but look. Dilo, you started 22 on a high, fair play. He gave us two. Dilo, Dilo. We're on a bit of a recovery mission now right after Christmas. So I have a mare mm. by the name of Play the Charmel, and she has yes. two forwards running, uh, Naliador and PJB. They're running tomorrow. One is the, the the bumper in Doncaster. One's the second last, and Richard Spencer also trains another horse, Wonderwall, also in Doncaster tomorrow. Just keep an eye out on the three of them tomorrow. Okay. So he's he's giving you three of them, listeners. Um, and uh, just talk that you might be flying out yourself uh, in next weekend. Is there the, the back to uh, we, the late, lady lady Jane P will be targeting out next weekend. Hopefully, she's into Friday. She's into Saturday. But the ground is against her. But um, if she'll take her chances in Weatherby, I certainly would probably travel like that. Okay. Out in and the early flight back and back in the evening. He likes Lady Jane P. He, he liked as a twinkle in his eye always when he mentions Lady no, Jane No, and, 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 and just on another, and, and, and another one, the getaway queen, she's back, she's in training, she's getting ready. We'll break, for we'll break the people. And and her dam, her dam is due to fall on the 14th of January. She's in Fort of Berkshire, Tom Mayer. We had a little bit of a gynecology problem with her the year before last, but Tom Mayer there in care, brilliant vet, got her involved in Berkshire. So the lights are on now, Dela. We're checking her on the 14th of January is her falling date. So every night we're checking her to see if the old wax coming down because I'd be hoping to show you a picture of a nice cold fall in about a week's time. Fingers okay. crossed. I'll put it on my Twitter page since you won't join. But maybe in 22, we will persuade you just to, yeah. to put your name on Twitter. I, I probably have to jump the fence, will I? You will, you will, you will, you will. <laughs> Great stuff. It's You've got all the information there, listeners, anyway. Um, and again, look, uh, Happy New Year to everybody. And we look, we see you now on a regular basis. Things are, as we said, going to be coming hot and heavy. Um, we're looking forward to it because the crack is good always here. And... Uh, Landers is after making a load of money for everybody there now on Monday morning uh, for the end of the week. So cheers, boys. Uh, sorry, Larry, about Tip and about Arsenal. And, a grain of rice. A grain of rice. You want to tip the scale. Just remember that, then. There's a small bit of a needle there. Now, come on, Mayo. You've got to get Andy Moran into the game. Our mission was to show that we're no longer the whipping boys of Munster.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.